Welcome back to Between the Levees. Please stick around at the end of this episode to hear a few verses from Chad Jenkins' new song, Down River. It is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. Thank you very much. I am joined today on Between the Levees by Chance Savant, an inland marine pilot on the river and on the canal, formerly in the Coast Guard, who found me on the podcast Facebook page. Chance, thank you very much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, I know you said you've seen a couple of these. You know how they go. Where were you born, man? Uh, Lake, Tri- well, the Blue Settlement. Um, you probably don't know. No, no one knows. It's like outside of Lake Charles, Iowa area. It's nothing really to talk about. <laughs> it's uh, it's just the river. Um, it's a swamp crap hole. <laughs> so, but I mean, I love it. Uh, I love everything about the area, but yeah, that's that's why I was born and raised. Uh, did you have uh, you have siblings? Yeah, I have one sister. She's uh, about three, four years older than me. Well, yeah, four years older. So, well, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my mom, uh, she was a general manager for uh, a mobile home place, and so she did that. And then she uh, moved to New Orleans. That's one of the reasons why I moved over here to Metairie or whatever. Um, she became a uh, a tantrika, a spiritual healer. Um, so she moved to the quarter and started doing hipster spiritual crazy stuff. And then my father, I I have no idea because my mom was a crazy <laughs> spirit. You know what I mean? So it was like, she's like it's not it's not important who your dad is like all right cool whatever so i had it like you know i had a good childhood though but <laughs> but yeah it was my mom was uh she's out there she's a she's a hippie is she still doing that to this day mm. no she actually uh went back in the business world and she's like does roofs she'll go and like give quotes for roofs. she's a advert type person for uh rlb roofing construction okay Thing. she just started that so she's not uh she's not rubbing people with crystals anymore <laughs> roger that um well what was life growing up outside lake charles uh ooh, it was i mean i guess you say your typical like uh out in the sticks type thing we didn't have much to do besides like you know hit mailboxes and shit like that so we uh we just typical teenage years get drunk in in fields and like i said go hit mailboxes and you know cow tip well cow tipping really isn't a real thing we tried it like a few times but you know like anybody that says cow tipping is like a thing they're they're full of shit because the cows wake up but uh anyway stuff like that well i i've never tried it myself <clears throat> yeah anyway so well, were you drawing to anything in school growing up at all or was it more uh well i was in trouble no, no, I was uh, I was always into sports or whatever. So like growing up, I always wanted to be a sports journalist or whatever. Watch ESPN, see uh, Stuart Scott and all those people on ESPN, and that was my ambition or whatever. Whenever I was like coming up, and I was like, oh, I just want to go to school, be a journalist, and you you just compromise. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I got out of college at McNeese. Like I didn't get out of college. Rita hit Hurricane Rita, so it sort of shut down the school, and like it was big, you know you know how that was but uh i just joined the coast guard because I, I went to go find out how much like i'd be making once i got out of school and they're like oh a whopping twenty four thousand a year i was like what i was like i could take out trash and make more money than that so joined the military uh, coast guard did that like i said for five years and then uh i randomly it was just they they sent out a message get out get out i sold cars uh in alabama for a little bit i did came over here worked in new orleans east to sell cars did that for like two years and then i finally discovered uh my ex-wife's dad was worked for kirby and he's like oh why don't you uh do this whole deck can thing i was like what i didn't know about it because the coast guard we really where i was stationed we never dealt with um riverboat type stuff is alaska i was in alaska for most of my career so I was like, oh, what are you talking about? So got on a tow boat, and then they're like, uh, just like most companies or whatever, they'll, they'll give you the Rick and Rumaru about like, oh, you'll be a deckhand for like two years, and you'll be a captain. That's I don't care. It doesn't happen like that. You got to 
spend your time, do your dirt work. And um, so I went to Kirby and then I left there because it was sort of not getting anywhere. So I went to Turn and then Turn Service is really good about making great, good captains or whatever. I can't can't say anything ill about them. They do, uh, they have top-notch captains over there. They all train me and uh, Dion, Chad Leeper, uh, I'm actually dating his daughter now, Tommy Brew. You know, they all trained me up and brought me up. And it's a good uh good atmosphere over there when it comes to like uh training you and getting you ready to do your stuff. Cause you at turn service it's 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 like a Swiss Army knife company. You gotta do everything. Like you gotta know the canal, you gotta know the river, you gotta fleet, you gotta headline, you have to do all these things. So that so once I did that and I, I had a turn service that started uh they they started getting more fleet oriented and I, I hate the fleet. Um, I'm just, I'm one of those guys like I just want my best option is just to get on a boat and y'all lock me away for two weeks or however long because I'm very bad about it. if I'm home I'm lazy I, I don't want to do nothing on a boat I know I'm there you know I'm just whatever I don't want to sit there and drive to work whatever um, when I'm home I'm just relaxed and I, I'd much rather the mentality of just like get it over with, like, pull a Band-Aid off. Just send me out however many days, and then, you know, it is what it is. So that's, they're more uh, going to fleets and stuff like that. And then I was like, man, I just I want something new as well. Red flag thing. It's more, uh, it's more, uh, I guess you say, oriented. Red flag is, you know, your CDC type stuff. It's more, um, obviously, you're not headlining red flags. You're not doing all this stuff. You're not beating and banging the boat all day. So that's why it's a change of pace. Me and uh, some other guys went to that company or whatever, the company I'm at, Magnolia or whatever. So it, it's been good so far. Like I said, it's like we we enjoy it. So, Well, tell me about your, uh, I guess, walk me through your Coast Guard career from enlisting to boot camp to your duty stations in Alaska. Tell me all about it. Oh, well, uh, got bailed out of jail the day before MEPS. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I had to tell my recruiter, like, after I like went through the whole MEPS thing, he's like, Hey, by the whole clear, clean record thing. Yeah. We got this stuff I got to deal with now. And, uh, so went to MEPS, uh, did my thing, uh, got stationed in, uh, Coast Guard Cutter Campbell in Portsmouth and, then, uh, went there. I've never left Louisiana really. I was just a podunk, not knowing anything, like, kid. I got to see, like, go to boss and all this other stuff. Was like, so um, went there for about 10 months. I just wanted to advance as fast as possible. So I went to A school. I went to Bosa Made A school. And then uh, I got number one pick. I got to, like, pick wherever I, got, you know, wanted to go. And I picked uh, – Kenai, Alaska, because I looked at fishing trips there, and it was like four grand for like a fishing trip. I was like, "Yeah, that's where I want to go." They moved me to Anchorage, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then, um, went there. They made up a role for me, lead petty officer, law enforcement, because they didn't know what to do with me. But they actually made it into like a real job. Where, at, well, first one showed up for like the first two months. It said, "Oh, just uh, show up around six thirty, seven o'clock." at the gym and then work out till like 11 or 12 and then uh they're like hey and then we'll see if we got something for you and then so that got boring fast and i told him like man i pretty smart you know i got uh academic award in the coast guard like in boot camp which isn't much i mean you just take tests better than everybody else but um so <laughs> so uh they went and they uh they they started doing pollution investigator for me and they started expanding my job. And then, uh, I said, I, I did there three years. I wanted to do four, but there's like, dude, you have to, you know, I'm 85 and I'm like, dude, you have to get out and start doing other stuff. So I went to mobile. I went to a buoy tender over there and, uh, did not like the command or whatever. And it was a confrontational type thing. And then, so they, uh, like they they came out with a message like if you want to get out because retention was really high, economy was shit, so everybody's staying in. 
And then they're like, well, we can't get rid of it. First, they try to kick the fat people out, and then there wasn't enough fat people, so they had to, like, go through other resources or whatever. So, uh, like, they told me, it's like, oh, they didn't tell me. They told the whole, they're like, hey, if you just want to get out, get out. I was like, oh, it's probably the best option. I was like, because I'm having a bad time right now. I went through a, my first divorce because, like, you got to you gotta rack up your divorces, right? But uh, <laughs> so did my first one or whatever, and I got two under my belt now, waiting for number three. But uh, but yeah, so I I, I got out and like I said, I started selling cars because I didn't know about this. And then like I said I just got lucky with my second ex-wife, and then uh, her dad's like, hey, why don't you try this? I was like, all right, cool. So how was uh, car sales? Mm. Car sales was awesome well here in new orleans east it was awesome because like my second day on the job a dude got stabbed in the throat with a pin and i was like this is uh, uh, sign me up so old remus got stabbed right in the neck with a fucking pin but that's i was a, like what <laughs> that's a hell, a hell of a start to a new career <laughs> oh well i mean I, that's the thing it's in the east though and then uh like it dude it, it was it was crazy, and it was so stress. Like people, people think driving a boat stressful. No, go deal with these people that I've got threatened to get killed, and all those stuff. Like selling cars, that and you have to like, you have to like actually every day you wake up, you have to like line up your day. You you have to sell like a car a day to survive, and you have to make money on that car. So you have to sit there and you lie and not. Well, yeah, lie, manipulate, lie, do all this other stuff, and it's like I—I I mean, I hate saying that, but it's what you have to do. Because like I—I I was told, uh, what well, do you want to eat? Because you got to eat, so therefore you gotta do the the tricks of the trade. You gotta do the four corners. You gotta do all these little tricks of the car business, and then uh, but it, I mean, it, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you feel like you feel like crap. You go home. I'm working 80 hours a week. So, I mean, cause you can't legally work on Sundays here in Louisiana In Alabama. Like I was working seven days a week, every, every day I'd work and you had to do it to survive. So car sales, like, yeah, I'd highly not recommend. <laughs> I mean, some people are, I mean, my, my second ex-wife, her husband's a, a car manager or whatever. Most of my friends are doing it. Like I respect the shit out of it. I just, the grind is a different level grind. I've never grinded like that in a the tow boating industry or anything like that. Everybody's like, oh, I was a deckhand. I built a 30 bars tow today and did this, that. Go sell cars. It's a different kind of grind. It's a mental grind. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I uh, end up marrying some chick that had a guy connected to the tow boat industry and He's the one that sort of, he didn't guide me at all. He just says, hey, I'll go apply. He didn't, outside of that, he didn't really help me. Walk me through that process. So you, you apply with Kirby and uh, how was deckhand training, onboarding, tell me about your first time getting on a vessel, all that kind of stuff. Oh, deckhand training at Kirby is phenomenal, actually. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Because you go, like two weeks, it's like military. They go and you go in a little barracks type situation and they go and, uh, Two weeks, they actually, you throw lines, you do all this, they teach you port, starboard, you know, all this other stuff, which, I mean, since I was on the Coast Guard, I was like, I, I got all this. So I, I didn't have to pay attention, like, to 90% of it. But they actually, if you're a brand new deckhand, you go to Kirby, they do excellent training. It's, uh, they get you familiar with, you know, cavils and all this other stuff. So you do that for, like, two weeks, and then, uh, and most of the time you immediately go to a boat, you immediately go to a boat. And that's the thing. It, it, they almost baby you to a little degree, but it that's, I feel like in, in our society today, that's the best bet. You got to baby these, these guys coming up because we're not, we're not getting guys that like when I was a kid, you know, coming up, you got it on your your own and all this other stuff. These kids like they came up on. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Video games and all this other stuff, which that's cool. It's like I I came up on similar stuff, but it's the same stuff. They they it's a different generation. Is you know it's a generational gap. 
and you got all these old school cabins like they'll talk even about my generation oh they, they can't do this they can't do that dude it's not <laughs> you know what i mean it's like they'll everybody tries to put down the generation before them and then I, I feel like how kirby has it set up or whatever it's set up for safety wise and everything like that i think it's the best setup you can possibly do because you go in there you have great training it, they, they have training wheels on you and that's i feel like that's a good thing i don't feel like you need to get it in the mud anymore like you need to slow it down but also most companies don't have the financial backing to just put a kid in school for two weeks so uh yeah that's another thing tell, tell me about the first time stepping on a on a boat and where were you running uh First time sitting on a boat, uh, dude, these stories are so nuts. So, like, so I was at a, like, people think the Coast Guard's like straight edge or whatever, but when I was on the Campbell, it was craziness. You know, we had fist fights and all this crazy stuff, and it was so we we go and to sit in the the lounge, we had a fight to go have the right to go in a lounge. So it was it was nuts. So I got on um. Center Stennis, and I had a crazy deckhand come with me. His name was the Albino Gorilla. Um, he was he was in the the little like apartments where because Kirby had like two sets of apartments over in Houston, and I, I had the code to you know because I, I guess I was privileged or whatever the steersman you know apartment because I went in there and the Albino Gorilla was like screaming at the top of his lungs like ah! I was like what what did I step into it's like this seems awesome but I, like, I sort of want to go sleep. So in sleep, and then just so happens that me and the albino gorilla are going on the same boat. So he asked me, uh, he, we're on the plane, and like the aisles in between us, and then, you know, he goes, uh, think we ever landed on the moon? I was like, nah, bro, I don't think we did. He goes, you're my dog. It's <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> and then so all of a sudden he's like screaming across the aisles, like, you know about Bohemian Grove, where all these rich people go, and like, so he's just nuts. And I'm like, okay, I'm digging this because like I was in shady stuff in the Coast Guard. I thought this was normal. We get to the boat, they had the captain padlock the fridge, which I mean, in the Coast Guard they they locked up everything. Albino Gorilla got mad. He started all his like, <laughs> dude, and so he goes, he just jumps off, but he flips off the whole crew. Or the captains, whatever, jumps off the boat. I thought this was just a normal, you know, hitch or whatever. And then the captain got on, and he's like, "Well, and he, he heard what everything happened, like the lead captain, Frankie." And he's like, "What?" And then so then I found out that it's a lot more professional than what I'm used to, or whatever, because like I saw all this stuff, I was like, "Oh, I'm back in the, you know, it's like Angola, <laughs> you know." And I was like, "Let's go," and then uh. But yeah, now I found out that it's actually a lot more professional than my first. Well, that's my first two weeks, and my second two weeks, twenty-eight fourteen hitch. Frankie got on. It's like, no, we actually, you know, keep everything civilized. We don't go flip up. We don't go and try to fight everybody. I was like, oh, Albino Grill is like a rarity. I was like, I thought I'd get that every day, which is sort of depressing because I that that was pretty fun. <laughs> so, well, where were you running on that first boat? No high on the Illinois River, so up up north around you know Starved Rock Locks and all that. And we, I mean, we very rarely went down. Like I was on there for, I want to say, four hitches or five hitches, and they sent me in Tankerman School, and then uh, I really didn't want to go at all. I didn't want to be a Tankerman, and then uh, they're like, "Well, we're gonna send you there." And I was like, "Okay, well, it is what it is." So I went there and. I was I was in a bad frame of mind. My first son passed away or whatever, so I didn't want to go to school at, at all at the time. But they, I was I wouldn't say I was forced or whatever. They they gave me an option to not, and then, uh, I said oh, I just get it over with. And it's sort of like uh, I guess that's one of the main reasons why it wasn't anything to do with the actual organization. It's like my frame of mind was bad. It's sort of one of the, another reason why I left. Uh, Kirby a good turn. Tell me a little bit about uh, running the Ohio and the Illinois. Any anything interesting you remember from up there? Uh, it. I lived in Alaska, and then it's cold, 
we all know, like, geographically, you can look at it and be like, oh, I bet that place is cold, right? But Ohio, Cincinnati, and shit, oh my god. That is, that is brutal. Like, it's, I had, I, I had, used to have pictures, like, they have icicles in my eyebrows. Just, it's, who would want to deck out there is ridiculous. It's, I've been in crazy negative 30s or whatever, but something about two degrees in Cincinnati, Ohio with wind, no. Uh, that's for the birds. Because Alaska's dry. It's just, you know, it is what it is. So I, I, I'd, I'd wear like a little denim white trash jacket every day. That's, uh, you know, that's all I'd have to wear. In Ohio, oh no, you got to suit up. So this was funny. I see these kids out here and they're like, it'll get 50, 54 degrees. And they're like, oh, they're suited up. They look like the little Christmas story kid. I was like, what are you doing, man? It's like, this isn't even that bad. Any pleasant memories from that first uh, first few trips on the Ohio and the Illinois? Oh, well, yeah, no, no it was. Well, that's the thing. It's like that was that one trip. And then after that, I, I realized it like, so almost depressing. Like, I was like, this isn't real life. Like this, like I, this, I was expecting this constant dramatic drama and, and people want to fight and jump off the boat and flip people off. I don't know. Albana Grula, when he got off though, he said he loved me. He's like, you, you're my bro. I was like, um, oh, your bro. Okay. Cause you're crazy like me. I was like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think I'm that crazy, bro. It's <laughs> like, yeah, but Albana Gorilla. I, I wish I knew his real name. I give him a shout out, but I just know it was Albana Gorilla. I was somebody, somebody might see this, but that's such and such. Maybe we can get him on the show someday. Well, oh, me, yeah, tell me about the switch over to turn. Uh, switch over to turn is basically, like I said, I was just it's rock Christmas time, whatever. Switch over and like, <laughs> I looked up. This company's hiring, whatever. I sent an application. They hired me in like two days, three days, and like they shotgun. Well, first I was supposed to be on a, a native dancer live on boat because I, like I said, hate working the fleets or whatever. And they, uh, after I got done with uh, you know, my hiring process or whatever, they they send me orders and I'm going to the fleet. And I was like, oh man, I was like, this is a terrible idea. I was like, I really don't want to do a fleet and uh. Cause like I said, I, I so program like Coast Guard and even like with the car business, you're never home. I just want to like in the Coast Guard, you go you go for like three months, you come home for like two weeks, you know, to a month. But uh, anyway, I was in the fleet and I did the fleet for uh two years, three years, whatever in Miro Fleet, and uh, I got a lot of experience though. As thing, turn service, like. Kirby has a system set up where like brand new hires or whatever they get their experience or whatever. But to be like elite or whatever, like a really good deckhand and like understand what's going, you need a company like Turn. They do everything. It is this that and it's you have to that is getting in the mud or whatever. And then so went to Turn Service. Um down got all their line haul boat or whatever, American Pharaoh. And then, um And were you in the wheelhouse by then? No, no. That's the thing is I went to school in the fleet, got my got my apprentice mate license or whatnot, and then uh, went to Pharaoh, and I had cap uh, some captains over there that you know well the lead captain over there explained that you know we didn't get paid any extra to work line haul which is it's questionable but at the captain at the time on that boat said well here's how we're gonna hook you up we'll let you steer on watch. And we'll train you on watch or whatever, as long as you don't ha have anything extremely busy going on, because we had three deckhands per watch or whatever. And he goes, we'll get you in the wheelhouse. Well, I was the only one that really took advantage of that. And then, so I was up there every day, like whether they wanted it or not, you know, I was up there every day. And so I'd go up there, they'd jump out of the seat, I'd drive. I'm like, okay, I'll just, so that's, that's how I ended up getting an opportunity over there to get in a steersman type program. And then uh, I said, turn service, before they even get you in a steersman program, you're basically, you, you have to be a steersman because how they do it is uh, you have your mate pilot 
and then they want you to only be in a program for a very limited amount of time but your job is to go up there and drive so that's the thing is like so you have to be almost ready before you even get in a in a program so anyway that's that's one good thing about turn is the cabs you train with over there the, the old school captains they do everything so it's like it's they can headline they can all do they can do any spectrum of the job so that you train with the best of the well in my opinion the best of the best i, I don't know they're, they're probably gonna see somebody see somebody will probably see this like you know screw you we're the best i was like all right whatever dude yeah <laughs> so well, if there's anybody like that hit up the show we'll talk to you too but yeah was the uh was the pharaoh on that pet coke run from uh tiger fleet to the grove at the time oh, oh yeah 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 so you know about that that that, that fun run uh, well the, you... i dispatched tiger fleet for uh about a year and a half when mm -hmm. uh after acbl acquired aep yeah we're anyway, on that run. i think it, i've been... stopped to upper st rose and everything yeah well tell me uh i guess about Getting up with the sticks for the first time. Anything interesting, uh, surprising? Uh, I mean that that's one thing is like um, I, I mean I I got trained with like legitimate cabinets, but they they sort of stuck me with people who like ah eh, we don't give a shit, right? And then so uh, as a brand new cut loose, and then like I I have a brand new cut loose guy as my pilot now. I'm lead captain on uh my boat. So they, they put me in a brand new guy and I never want to put him in a jam. So even if I think he has it or whatever, like, Hey, call me. He, he, he does. He, he does a good job. He'll call me on the phone. He's like, he has any questions, whatever. I don't care if I'm sleeping or whatever. I answer it. And then like, Hey, you know, and then I stay up late and I, I show up early just to check on, you know, what's going on. Oh yeah. They didn't care. <laughs> like whenever I did it, like, it's like I it was high river. Uh they I I remember guy I made a statement to the captain's like, how do you get topped around in an eddy or whatever? And all this stuff that I was like inexperienced is like talking out of my ass or whatever. Like within that first week it happened to me. And I like, I just I just felt like, oh, all this shit. Yeah, I'm I'm not really because you, you you come to the realization or whatever that like oh i have nobody behind me i gotta just figure this shit out so like in the first like i said the first year after behind the sticks or whatever that, that's that's rough you, you and then you you have a lot of uh godsmacks or whatever it's like you know humblizations or whatever you 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 get humbled a lot and then right when you think well that's the thing is because they anybody that has an incident like within the first year, like always telling them that's good. You know, it's good that you, you, you got to get out your way. Right. Cause I had my one or whatever, knock on, you know, it happened, but you got to get smacked down a little bit. Yeah. And then you got to, uh, cause you get overconfident. I mean, I do, I mean, I did or whatever. And then now I'm overconfident, but I, I realized like, I'm just joking around. You know, I'll just, you know, say like, I'm best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. You know, I'll Bret Hart it up, Ric Flair it, woo. But, uh, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta respect the fact that it, it doesn't take much to mess up, but there's so many factors when you mess up. It, it, it takes multiple steps to mess up. People don't, people think it happens so fast, but if you break down any scenario, there was like five things that happened. And it was like, well, you didn't notice whenever this happened, this happened, this happened. And, well, no, I mean, it just happened so fast. Because like, you weren't paying attention, bro. But, uh, but yeah, the, like I said, like right when you get broke loose, though, it's, 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 I, I would be like white knuckled. And it, I had the steering that, you know, it was like, I'm trying to describe your shoulders would almost get shoved out of socket. It's, uh, it's not electric or whatever. I'm trying to like be basic with it or whatever. It's the Blackbeard. It's a fleet boat. It's uh, the War a Admiral or whatever. It's the same way. It's like the steering on there. You have to shove your whole body weight <laughs> to steer it. And then, uh, because the captain that said that I was like ready said like, oh, I put them on a brand new boat, a 2000, you know, horsepower, brand new boat. Da, da, da. I got stuff 
stuck on a triple screw, which I never drove. And so they, I, I didn't get thrown to the wolves or whatever. I mean, it, it, that's like I tell anybody coming up. Like, if they ask you, you're ready, you say yes. It doesn't matter if you, you feel like you're not, because you never know when that opportunity is going to come again. So just say yes. And it's, throw yourself out there. Can you, you want to talk about that, that first incident you had? Mm. So basically, uh, I was feeling myself. I was like, all right, I can do anything with a boat. I'm Michael Chance, Michael Chance Savant. Like, you know, I'm a bad MFer, you know, all this stuff. I was just, and then the captain that was on the other watch, he would always talk about rigging, not being on the boat, and this or that. I looked down, I didn't have rigging. I was like, oh, well, I'll go walking in. Armont Fleet changed the wash dock up. And then I was like, okay, well, I, I feel like they wouldn't make it where it's not enough room to walk a boat in, right? Because why would they do that? <laughs> so I was sitting there, I was like lining up. It's high river. I was like trying to like walk, settle the boat in or whatever. I was like, I'll, I'll walk the boat, which walk the boat sideways. I don't even know, but it, move your flank and rudders over, steer out, and all this other stuff. But uh, so I'm, I'm like doing all this procedure. I'm only cut loose like two months, three months, or whatever. And then uh, I, I felt like I had it. And then right when I, I thought I thought about it, I was like, I don't have enough room. I want to steer out. So when I steered out, stern of the boat clipped by like maybe a foot. It clipped the, the empties or whatever of the wash dock. So when it clipped the empties of the wash dock, the whole boat, I went from like doing, going out like this and it clipped and it, I, the momentum just went foom, and then slammed the boat sideways on top of empties. I saw a rake which um, I didn't want to get under, obviously. So I goosed it, and then I landed, you know, two bars in, three bars in, or whatnot. And then uh, the other captain woke up, and he woke up with, like, the way I landed it, the rake was in his window. Wait, I landed it with my... It's, it's hard to explain, but I landed it with Ford bumper and his rear bumper or whatever touching... The rake was further back, but he just saw, he woke up and he saw a rake and he was like, what the hell? And I was like, eh, shit happened. Um, so, so he came up and another boat came and they, they, they got me out or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I did that one. And then, like I said, after that, um, I mean, they, they have stressful things happen every day. I mean, but as, as long as you just keep your cool, which I mean, that's, that's what, the hard part of the industry right now is um, you have all these people that's this so much pressure from the higher ups and they're in the office and they're in the safety of all this, but they put so much pressure on, you know, the captains or whatnot. And then my thing is like, dude, just don't get stressed. Like just cause that's when you mess up is it you're when you're stressed out me, I quit. Like I told I told the new guy I'm with, I was like, the, the moment you realize that um, you just don't care anymore, or it's not that don't care. You have to care, obviously, about your job. But whenever you get to the confidence level where it's like that stress, you can zone it out. You'll never be a better captain. It's with any job, though. Well, stress is the number one enemy. So we we have stress from the office to go do this. And to, to me, it's like... It, nothing in life is really that important to like, get stressed out about. Like, it's not. It's like me, I don't get stressed. Like, it is what it is. How long were you on that pet coke run? Uh, oh, I was made on that boat for like two years. Yeah, two years. So I was over there for like two years doing uh the pet coke thing, and, and I'm sure you know how nasty that is. Like, you just come in and you just you have uh, uh I don't want to get canceled. You have blackface. <laughs> but uh anyway you, you're just completely covered and you got it in your nose you take like five showers and you still got black stuff coming out of your ear and uh but it was fun because we had a good crew and that's the thing is like the main thing is this whole job is like if you just go in and know that i think my number one job is, like, is not driving the boat or whatever it's like entertainment crew morale because like once crew morale goes out the window, you're screwed. It's just like everybody's all down and out. I hate that. You get on a boat and everybody's just like negative. I hate negative energy. 
I always try to stay positive. Um, but that, that's the thing is you get on some of these boats and definitely whenever I was a younger pilot coming up, you get on these boats and like everybody's energy is sucked out and they're sucked out and they're not, they will not want to work. They don't want to work for you. I'd much rather somebody want to work for me out of their pride than out of fear. I want, I want somebody to not sit there and be like, Oh, we feel like you have to do it. No, I want somebody to be like, Oh, I don't want to let them down, but we don't have that anymore. We have so much fear based leadership. It's crazy. And it's like, everybody's like flipping out about anything. And in, I, I really don't know what it is because uh, I mean, like I, I think I've commented on the the Ingram thing or whatever. The Ingram's paying we're so short with Wheelman, they're paying like five grand and they have good wages. I'm happy where I'm at or whatever, but it's crazy to think that we're so short-handed that the highest paying company has to pay five grand additionally on top of that to get people. And I'm happy where I'm at. Like I said. But my thing is like, so we're we're making captains left and right, and we I think we're making a lot of people that like leadership level aren't there. Like driving a boat to me is easier than leadership. We don't have leadership in in a lot of these positions these days, from upper management down to us or down to even deckhands. Deckhands are Oh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to train this guy. It's sort of your job, bro. You know. But uh, I don't know. It, it's just. It's fascinating that to look at how the industry is so short-handed right now. But I, I don't think management even realizes how short-handed it because they are so quick to get rid of certain people. And so it's like over. I wouldn't say anything's a minor infraction or whatever, but it's just. And then captains don't realize, like, the deckhands, they're trying to run off. They're not even that bad, but they're trying to run them off. Who do you think is going to replace them? Domino's delivery guy. He just did Domino's delivery last week. That's who's going to replace the guy you just ran off that has, like, five years' experience. And then just because he didn't clean the toilet right. Like, you're not getting top-notch people. I mean, it's not going to happen. You're not, It's not – you're, it's not trading baseball cards, bro. Right. Well, um, how did your career with Turn develop, and then what prompted the jump to Magnolia? Uh, it developed great. I mean, I, I liked it. Like I said, uh, it's just Turn Turn was going in a uh, going in a different route, as in as in like um, they were going more fleet based or whatever. They're selling some of their their assets or boats or whatnot, and uh have no qualms with them or anything like that. It's just they're they're going one way I saw it. And uh I probably could have left on a on, on a better note because you know my two week notice was like I just changed my status on Facebook to Magnolia Captain. And then I was like, you know, and then by port caps so I was like, what's this? I was like, uh two weeks. Um could have done a better job on that one. Um but I it was just I was, I was, it felt stagnant and and what I wanted to do is um I wouldn't say it, it's a boring job it's just not the jobs that were coming up weren't something I want to do I, I was doing it me and uh another captain that left or whatever he didn't leave for that exact reason but uh drew like good captains whatever we just we worked together for a little bit, and I was like, man, just going to Port of New Iberia, stuff like this, that wasn't – because it, it was this – the boats, the live-on boats are all the same jobs. There's no there's no changing up of anything, and then I, I don't know what their uh, – the ultimate goal is with the company or whatever. I don't know if they're trying to expand later on. I really don't know. Um, sort of left in the dark about a lot of – which I mean, you should you should leave employees in the dark and this you know like mushrooms feed them shit and let them grow, but uh, so they were you know not telling us what we really needed here or whatever. So I was like, all right, well, we went to Magnolia and uh, 
me, Drew, and a, a, another guy. He he was at Marquette, and then he used to be our deckhand, and he's a captain. Um, Gage or whatever. We all went to Magnolia, and we we felt appreciated, um, which caused conflict. I posted something where they they put a article out about me, like this little trip I did, and uh, caused a conflict with other captains or whatever. I posted, I was like, oh, I get appreciated over here. Didn't mean it any ill will, but it turned into a complete shit show. <laughs> so I had to like get arguments with the other captains. So uh, I, I guess I can highly say that I'm probably not liked over there that much, but it is what I mean. I didn't mean it like that. And then, you know, I, I, I appreciate the company. I appreciate everything to do. I appreciate the, the, the individuals that work over there. I have no nothing ill to say about any of that. Well, when did you get posted on the canal? And did you tell me you run all the way to Corpus? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, I haven't been to Corpus in whew, like four years, so I, I can't really like confidently say that. Uh, um, I've been to Corpus. Like, I, I mean, I've been there, but like once or <laughs> twice. So, but uh, I mainly posted Houston. Houston's my playground now. Like I, you know, I mainly hang out there, and then uh, go to New Orleans. And like I said to Baton Rouge, I don't have anything above Tiger. I really, I mean, wish I could have all these cool stories above that, but I don't. Uh, you know, the loop, and that's the thing is like most people want to get posted in a lot of places or whatever. I was like, and at the same same level, that yeah, experience is nice or whatever. But you got to think about it. You get posted all these places. I'd much rather just be an expert at at what I do. Like put me in Houston or whatever. I've been here that long. I appreciate. Uh, was it Bruce Lee that said that? Uh, teach a man to. Oh man, how do you say it? But uh, it's like if you expand your knowledge or whatever, you're not being a master of one thing or whatever. I'm not saying I want to be a master of anything. I just. I just comfortable where I run or whatever, and I'll go to Corpus. I really don't care, because uh, that's also a unique thing about Turn. They really, we really didn't have like um, a, a hardcore posting system. They would just be like, "Hey," because when I got cut loose posting in the canal, you mentioned that. I think I find it funny because that's what I bring up to like the people I train now, like if you know how to drive a boat, you can you can make it anywhere. It really doesn't matter you're posting or whatever. I mean, obviously some places are more stringent than other. And a lot of captains will disagree all day with that. They're like, Oh, well, no, you got to get posted. And... Cause they point you in a direction like turn. And so when I got cut loose, I took one barge, which is a 200 by 35. The only time I was ever in the canal and drove in the canal. Well, well there's two times I've been in the canal. One's the Port Allen route. One time, and then another time they put one regulation barge on me and I drove to a push on. And so when I got cut loose, I didn't know what was after La Rose. I didn't know if it was Morgan city or Homa. Cause like, I'm too stupid to even looking at a map. And, uh, I'm just like, Oh, well, whatever. So I just winged it or whatever. So I winged it and, uh, got in the canal and I was just, I never seen sugar, you know, Sugar House Ben, I never saw any of this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just winging it. But with the experience level I had, I mean, as a deckhand, I, like I said, I, I drove with uh, another captain or whatever in the, in the canal, Chad, and he taught me a lot. So, I mean, I just remember from like years ago, I was like, oh, well, drive or die, and all, all these things he taught me. But if you just know how to drive a boat, the posting thing, which I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to say posting isn't necessary, because we uh, the the safety protocols or whatever, everything's written in blood. So it, it, people have screwed up to where we have to get posted now or whatever. People have jacked up, so things are written in blood. People have came out of uh like sand jack and you know t boned of ship, you know so. Obviously, you need to get posted. You need to learn your area or whatnot. But it is, it is a thing that's integral about. I'm not integral, but it, it, unique about 
turn is this they they train captains so well or whatever well the, the people that they have over there build the confidence because they uh, i mean they like i said some other people can get on the podcast and argue with me but turn service has the best captains and then the people you train under are top notch so you you don't never have fear of uh messing up because you think you have that in your your data bank you you think that you can get out of any situation do you have a favorite run i mean i know you said you, you enjoy what you're doing now but is there anything any scenery anything uh surprising or or that you wanted to go see again uh that i mean the mobile run like there's nothing like there it's just wide open so that that's fascinating you know it's just it, it, to have the freedom because most of the time you're in a confined you know restricted by your draft or whatever i mean you can't just like do to do do whatever um so that, that i mean that's always fun to go to i've only been there once but but it's another thing things like can you go there i'm like yeah i mean it's, it's mobile bro <laughs> like it's, it's wide open well, anyway tell me about your family i know you said uh <laughs> two wives down and a girlfriend now do you have any children Oh yeah, no, I have a six-year-old son, and that's that's why I don't work over. And I, I respect people that work over. Is do I just? It's not. That, that's why you ultimately want to be a captain, or you know, get in a position where you work less or whatever to spend more time with them. And then, like when I'm at home with him, that's all I care about, really. I mean, he had a a little workout day today. That's why I was able to do this, and so my girlfriend's able to pick him up. So. uh but yeah, no, he he's six. Um, he has no, and I wouldn't push him to do this because I, we have no inclination like what was going to happen with the tow boating industry because, um, the green thing starting to come out and people like green energy and all this other stuff. I don't know if this industry's it has to be around, but because no matter what, and everything needs transportation, right? But uh. No, he just wants to be an astronaut, which I tell him all the time. We've never been to the moon. He likes to argue me about it. But, you know, kids don't know shit these days. We've never been on the moon. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, he's he's a good kid, though. He's, uh, gets good grades. And, like, that's, that's the only thing I really look forward to. Like, I think I get on the boat, do my job, and just want to hurry up and get home to see him. Well, good for you, man. I think that'll just about do it for the questions. You have anything else you'd like to share about the industry or anything? No, no, no. It, uh, industry right now, like I said, it's it's a weird time for the industry just because like they have these. Everybody is coming up and it, the shorthandedness or whatever. Uh, the negativity is as definitely out there. It's uh everybody just they still feel like they need to protect their neck and then talk trash about other people or whatnot. And then it's like, dude, there's no brotherhood, which is it is unfortunate because I feel like if we all came together and if if we protected each other and had each other's back or whatever, this job would be a lot easier. But I feel like a lot of people come into it just feeling like they have to protect themselves or they had to protect their reputation or whatever. Like, I don't care what people think of me. Like I really don't. And then, uh, like I said, I got my six year old. That's that's the only person I care about at the end of the day. So, but as a whole, is and that's the thing is it comes from upper management all the way down. Deckhands feel like they have to sell out this person. Captains feel like they have to sell out deckhands. And at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to make a paycheck. And uh, that's what that's what's what's crazy is like no, there is no uh, we're not band of brothers anymore. It used to, from what I understand, it used to be like that. I don't know. Maybe it was before my time, but ever since I came in the industry, it always seemed like cutthroat sell people out but i mean the people i i know or whatever i mean like i said there's a group of like four or five of us that we always have our back and we always call each other with advice or whatever we need you know me you know i don't know if they want to say their names or drew lugo and stuff like that we always we always call each other up and uh we never have anything ill will to see about each other but it's just crazy to me that the amount of like I don't know what it is. Like, I, I wish, I wish I could magic wand it away, but it is what it is. You know, people just out to protect themselves, and it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, but 
at the same time that there's some great people out there that like sort of guide you along the you know the the path and then at the end of the day that's all i want to know uh, or that's all i really want in the day it's like it when i put my head on the pillow or whatever did i help somebody else succeed or whatever i want i want to see deckhands in the wheelhouse i want to see um it, anything i want everybody to succeed whatever I, I want to put the carrot on the fucking string and I like dangle it in front of people like hey you can be this you can be a tankerman like go get your sign offs go do this go do that but uh, i mean i'm not saying like i'm a great person or whatever i feel like this is a trait that everybody should have but i really don't see that that much or whatever and people are just trying to like cut people short or whatever that that's that's the only problem with the industry i guess right now I mean, is this the fact that we're not watching out for each other at all? Like, we, uh, there's no band of brothers. There is no, hey, uh, I'll take a bullet for you. There's none of that. I mean, I have my collection of friends that we do that with, Tyler Bork, and, you know, I got buddies at Florida Marine, all these other companies. It's like, I want to see everybody succeed, but it's everybody just tries to shoot you down so much. And it was crazy. It's like, I don't know. It, uh, I think it'll eventually change. Like I said, whenever this 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 old school system gets sort of like you know goes away or whatever. Can I say old school system? Most people are like, oh, I was trained by old school guys. Like, who cares, bro? Like, you know. And it, that's why they 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 relate to them being an asshole. It's like, don't say you're an asshole. Oh, I was taught to be an asshole. No, you're an asshole, and then somebody just told you to keep doing it. But uh. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, that, that's all. I wouldn't say it's a gripe. But... Oh, that's my first ex-wife. Or, no, second ex-wife. Call me. <laughs> we need to go tend to that, man. We can call it a day. Okay, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, bud. I'm always gone on the road, never home. I say I'm trying to get this money, so I gotta stay gone. I tell my mama that I love her, even though I do wrong. And I've been praying to the Lord, I just gotta stay strong.